Welcome to the Sports on Point podcast for July 26, 2010. I'm your host, Matthew Smith, and I just signed with the New York Red Bulls, right? And my name is John Zavarelli, and I play soccer, right? And my name is Bob Severance, and I just won the World Cup, right? <laughs> uh, nothing says American ignorance like inability to interview an international soccer star. Yeah, if you guys misreference the Thierry Henry interview on Fox This Morning in New York, I tell you what. Hit up the website for a link to the video. It's it's unbearable, but you gotta watch it. It's pretty interesting. And now on to this week in sports. This is a section where we cover the top shared stories on the internet from every day of the past week, and our hosts will give a short comment on each. Starting with Monday, Dwayne Wade apologizes for his World Trade comment. What do you think, Matt? Well, it was a bit of a misquote in the article. He actually didn't say what he was quoted with in the article, but you still can never use world trade in relation to something as trivial as a couple of losses in his sports. I really don't see what the big deal is. I mean, he was, he was just talking, he misquoted, and he apologized for it. I, I really don't see the big deal about it. On a Tuesday, USC Athletic Director Mike Garrett retires and Pat Hayden is hired. John? Some more fallout from the USC scandal. I'm not really surprised about it. You see this, I mean, there's going to be a lot more fallout. I, it's starting to come to a head now. They're going to pretty much replace everyone, so. Why not the, uh, why not the AD, right? Exactly. Well, this is, this is just one of many steps. Uh, the new president-elect, Max Nikias, uh, has scrubbed Reggie Bush from all the record books and taken down his murals, and the AD goes next. Interesting move for Hayden going from being an announcer for Notre Dame to being the athletic director for USC. How's that work? I don't know. And now on to Wednesday, former Dallas Cowboys coach Jimmy Johnson to be a contestant on Survivor Nicaragua. This is from ESPN Dallas. What do you think, Matt? I want to know what the odds are that he starts using mud to keep up that astounding hairdo. I think he's going to be kicked off in the first or second show. I don't see him lasting very long. Me neither. I think the term is a bouffant. That's what he has on his head. A a bouffant? Yeah. I feel stupider for knowing that. And on Thursday, the L.A. Lakers signed Theo Ratliff. John? I think it's a good pickup. You get a a veteran center, and he's a great defensive center, so it might help out with uh, the Andrew Bynum situation. You never know when he's going to be healthy or not. It's exactly what the Lakers need. Another injury-prone center to replace their injury-prone center. And on to Friday, Minnesota Timberwolves' Michael Beasley used too much butt. For all the idiotic moves that the Minnesota Timberwolves have made, this one's pretty high on the list, but awesome nonetheless. Yeah, this guy's pretty much a moron. Why would you put your players uh, past marijuana abuse out on out on there he's just gonna take even more hits this was keep that to yourselves at least he didn't use comic sans in all caps when he wrote it this is true it's along the lines of that picture we saw of Joachim Noah shopping for a bong absolutely and on to Saturday unfortunately we have some sad news Kay Cower wife of ex-Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Bill Cower dies at 54 John this is a sad situation it's a shame to see someone lose their their spouse. Uh, I think it was a good thing that Bill Cowher did take off, off those uh, few years, the last few years of football, so he could spend some time with his family. I'm sure that's something he'll never regret in hindsight. 
few things you may not know about Kay. She was quite the accomplished basketball player playing at North Carolina State. Her and her sister actually appeared in a Wrigley's Double Mint Gum because they uh, obviously were twins and that was the thing to do in the 80s. And on the Sunday 2010 NBA free agency, Chicago Bulls set prerequisites to sign Tracy McGrady, source says. This from ESPN Chicago. Matt? This is a feast or famine signing. Tracy McGrady could be the missing piece in a championship run if he could ever return to form. Uh, he also could be a worthless addition that just brings down your locker room. Well, just when I thought Chicago could be some contenders in the East... They're looking at signing Tracy McGrady, and if this happens, then unfortunately they're going to go out in the first round. That's a a rule. Tracy McGrady goes out in the first round. And now on to our To the Point section. This section is where we have an open discussion on the major points in sports this week. Matt, why don't you get us started? Okay, all the the world of college football is a buzz about... uh, the Heisman Trophy being returned um, from USC back to the Heisman Corporation Foundation, whatever they call themselves. John, do you think the Heisman should be taken away? The 2005 Heisman, of course, which was so hotly contested between Reggie Bush and Vince Young. Do you think it should be taken away and given to Vince? Unfortunately, I do not. You do not? And that's because I'm a huge Vince Young fan in college. I'm a Texas fan. But I do not think it should be taken away. The Heisman is voted for players on the field. Right. Their play on their on the field. All the voters decided that Reggie Bush was the best player on the field that year. Yeah, he was ineligible. He took money. But that's, that's a way. It's not on the field. Everyone voted him the best player on the field. And I think he should be able to keep it. Now, I think the only reason that this is a debatable topic at all is because of the fact that... I don't think Reggie Bush should have had the trophy to begin with, and I think you'd have to agree with me on that. Yes, I do. Never on a week-to-week basis did Reggie Bush have to put the team on his shoulders and carry him to victory. Never had to happen. Uh, That team could have gone to the championship that year had Reggie Bush not even played. They could have gone undefeated and gone to the championship game, which, of course, they lost to... Texas. Vince Young. Vince Young and the Texas Longhorns, I'm not sure that they're I'm not sure they win the Big Twelve, let alone the national championship if they don't have Vince Young on that squad. They were they ran through pretty much everyone rough shot that season, but it was a lot to do with Vince Young and I thought he was hands down the winner after what they did. They didn't have a single close game. I believe they beat Oklahoma like forty five to twelve that year. Yeah, now here's the problem. We can't go back and rewrite history. The voters voted for who they voted for, whether they were right or wrong. Whatever. It is what it is. If you're Vince Young, you don't want this award. Why would you want to go back and get an award that was given to somebody else all those years ago? You, quote-unquote, didn't earn it in the first place and only have it given to you because dude was on the take. I can't take it if I'm Vince Young. I don't think Vince Young feels any different. The fact that they took this award away to me even seems a little bit ridiculous because, yeah... He was ineligible. They gave it back because he he took money. He did all these things he shouldn't have done. He hurt his team, whatever. This isn't performance-enhancing drugs. This isn't something that made him a better player. So he did what was on the field legitimately. He didn't cheat. He didn't play the game any way other than the game was supposed to be played. Yeah, he shouldn't have taken money. I'm okay with taking his records down from USC. But the Heisman group is an independent group. They're not the NCAA. I don't see why they take this award away. 
Uh, obviously, I, I believe the award was returned voluntarily by USC, and, and Reggie Bush still has his sitting in his trophy case. But I just I just don't see any justification or cause for taking this award away, let alone uh, cause to give it to somebody else. Yeah, I don't. I, I agree. Honestly, I don't think they should go at. If it's in the past, it's in the past. I don't think they should go after programs. I think they should go after the player because the the player and the agents. And we'll get to this here in a few minutes. Well, but, let's let's go to this now because how do you go after the player? What do you do to the player? He's gone. He's making his big paychecks in the NFL. What do you do to him? Well, there definitely needs to be some laws made. Absolutely. I think as it comes to agents and players, you need to be hit hard with this, like fines severe fines i mean the three hundred thousand dollars what they paid was it around three hundred thousand dollars that he took why was it usc i believe three hundred thousand was the rough estimate he he shouldn't have to just pay that back he should have to pay a quadruple because that's chump change to him now he's multi-millionaire he's in the nfl they he should get fined the agent who paid him that money should have have their license restricted. They're done. You can't be an agent anymore. For life, you're done. All right, here's the thing, though. All of these punishments that you've outlined have to be instituted by the NFL. Why does the NFL do it? What's in it for them? Well, the NFL doesn't have to do it. I mean, this should be an actual law. Like, you law? Have to be, yeah, you have to be licensed, right? You have to get a, a, a sports agent's license. Yeah, but those are issued by the NFLPA. That's not a legal license. That's a, that's a player's association license. Well, then the NFLPA needs to basically change their... You have to stay in college for three years before you can go to the NFL. Change that. You can go right out of high school if you want. <laughs> it's gonna, there are going to be a lot of players that suck. That suck. Uh, a, a player coming straight out of high school into the pros would be terrible. And I'm sure if they lifted that, then they'd change their tune. They'd be like, oh, we got a lot of... This league is being overrun by people who are terrible. What do you think about the idea of just allowing the NCAA to pay their players? I'm not against that completely. I mean, they get scholarships. They get a, a four-year education to schools that normally charge twenty five, thirty thousand dollars a year. So that's a lot right there. That's a hundred over a hundred thousand dollars. But they're making millions and millions of dollars off these athletes. So I'm not against giving them something. I don't. I wouldn't say pay them millions and millions of dollars. But I'm a, I'm a little bit split on this because obviously the rules that are in place explicitly are against athletes getting paid. No payment, can't even get a part-time job just because you you can't verify that that job is legitimate. I understand the rules and, and why they were put into place. But when these rules were instituted, when these rules were written, when they were put into action, college football wasn't making the money it's making today. Not even close. Basketball wasn't making the money it is today. You, you got to eliminate out the other sports because those are the two profitable sports. I think if you look across the board, most other programs at any school are money losing affairs for the university. So I'm not saying let's give money to the chess team. I'm not saying let's give money to the uh, lacrosse team. Those guys, those athletes are incredible. They do what they do on the court, and their their skill set is is amazing. But it's not a profitable thing. So don't pay those guys. When I go to the store. And I buy, you know, just say for example, because it's the name on the uh, on the docket. Let's say for example, I go to the store and I buy a USC jersey with a number five on the back, and it's two thousand and five, and USC gets ten percent of the sales. Did USC sell that jersey? 
Or did Reggie Bush sell that jersey? That's a Reggie Bush sold jersey. I believe in the NFL you get 4% of your jersey sales as a player. Maybe maybe you don't give it to him right away, but put it in a put it in a fund, let him get it when he graduates or when his eligibility's up or when he goes pro, whatever. Um but the the problem comes in, I think, with day-to-day expenses. You got a lot of these kids coming in are poor. They're coming in from bad backgrounds, and, and they're going to school and told they can't get a job. They can't take money from anybody. How do they eat? Their parents got to send them money. Their parents don't necessarily have the money to send them. Well, I think that's all included in the scholarship, but still, I mean... Room and board would include your, your meals on campus, but, you know, the the... You can't, campus, you can't do anything like off campus. Off-campus. Valid point. They can eat. They're, these kids aren't starving. I don't think. I don't think you give them twenty thousand dollars a year. I think you give them whatever minimum wage accounts do. You just give them some money so that they can live. For crying out loud, they're superstars on their campus and they can't even go out to a restaurant to eat. I mean, I don't. I still don't think that's going to stop the agents by giving the money. But no. I mean, there's really no way around it. I mean, money is the root of all evil in this. I mean, that comes from the universities all the way down to the agents, to the NFL. Everybody wants to make a buck. Now, Nick Saban, um, in the press conference at the SEC media whatever event, hoopla circus, uh, basically said that you know he's considering kicking agents out if they're not doing things the right way, completely restricting access. It's his program. He has the right to do that. I think uh, I think it's a bluff, and I think the agents will call him on it because if you're Urban Meyer and you're recruiting a same kid that Nick Saban's saying uh, recruiting, you you just go in there and you say, "Look, we have scouts at our combines, we have scouts at our practices, we have scouts at our games. You won't get that at Alabama, and all of a sudden Alabama drops off the map." So decent idea, uh, but not going to work. But if the NCAA were to institute something like that across the board. That's a different story because then your NBA, your NFL guys are upset because they can't get in there and scout. They're drafting based on what they see in video. Uh, severely increases the risk of GMs when they're drafting guys. Kind of forces their hand into doing something. Maybe doing that will say uh, threatening the NFL with that type of a policy. The NFL gets on their NFL players union and says, look, you got to do something about these agents because they're messing it up for all of us. I just think it's it's basically this will never stop. I mean, it's a lose-lose situation. No matter what you do, it's always going to happen. It's based on integrity, and unfortunately, money kind of uh, crumbles people's integrity. It kind of takes that out of the equation. I mean, you do, when it comes to millions and millions of dollars, there's not a lot of people out there, and it's unfortunate that have integrity, and it kind of it hurt. It hurts the players. It's hurting, hurting everything because you got to go through the, your life with integrity, and that's should be a number one priority. And when it comes to money, this just isn't happening. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think we can sit there and we can talk about uh, these student athletes. And I, I I do the finger quotes when I say student athletes because a lot of these kids aren't there for an education. Let's be let's be fair and let's be honest. A lot of these kids are there to play sports. My hat goes off to the ones who who are there for education. And, and to be fair, your your top tiers programs are the only ones that have kids that aren't going for an education. Your University of Louisiana Monroe 
team that they're they're going there to get some some education. They're getting their money's worth out of their scholarship. But this whole concept that these top tier programs are making 120 million dollars off their football program and giving away 60,000, 70,000 dollars a year in in scholarship benefits. It's it's a joke. I I completely agree. I mean there's there's not really any way to stop this. Different schools are on different playing levels as far as the money that they bring in compared to the other schools. It, there's no way. It's basically fighting an endless battle. All right, so I think we've beaten that topic to death. Uh, Chris Paul demanded a trade once out of New Orleans. What do you think? Chris Paul, you know who his good buddy is, don't you? It's LeBron. Of course he wants out. He wants to go to a championship team. He doesn't want to do it on his own. But that's okay because... I think he. Sh- I think he should get out of there. He ain't gonna win anything in New Orleans. I think these players need to think about what they're saying though before they jump ship. Don't say you're. Go- you- I want to be here for a long time. I want to bring a championship because it's just dumb. I mean, you're you're telling this city, putting all the city's hopes on your shoulders, and then you're just gonna bail. You're gonna be the most hated player in the NBA. Hence, LeBron James. Yeah, some of that's got to come on the fans. Uh, at this day and age, you can't take anything an athlete, a coach, a GM says for face value. If you do, you're asking for it. The thing that uh, the thing that really enables this, I think, is the Saints don't win the Super Bowl this past year. Then I think uh, I think Chris Paul is a much much bigger target after making this comment. But at the same time, New Orleans is a is a is a city that still reaches out to their superstars. They're, they've embraced all of the New Orleans Saints and Chris Paul as well. And Chris Paul has embraced the city back. He's done a lot to help build up the communities after Katrina. He's been a big uh, a big name on the uh, marquee for a lot of um, fundraisers and and community projects and things like that. So to come out and demand a trade basically just says, hey. Everybody that looked to me for help, everybody that I've helped out over the last year, good thing you got it while you did, because this community doesn't mean enough for me to stick around. Chris Paul is pretty much a moron. <laughs> well, when you're considering hiring Maverick Carter as your, age, as your agent, that, that says a lot right there. How do you look at the fiasco that's gone on with him and LRMR and LeBron James and think, man, I want a piece of that? What you're seeing now is basically manipulation to its its finest. You're seeing p- stars, young kids, getting manipulated into going to places where other people see them, and trying to make the best buck. And try it's all about the money. Once again, it's about the money. It's just ridiculous. I mean, you're not going to see t- players stay with one team anymore. Loyalty has died in professional sports. I've said it many times. It's died about five or six years ago probably even longer and it's not coming back there's not a single player out there that's loyal and it at the play saying in defense of the players it's also the the owners and the team aren't loyal anymore either so i mean it's there's no loyalty in professional sports i think he's not a moron i think he he he's valid he wants to go somewhere else they haven't given him any help in new orleans for a couple years so i i mean I, I wish him good luck. I hope I hope he does well somewhere else. I hope he goes to New York. I want to see the the uh, the dynasties play each other. I don't think Chris Paul and Amari Stoudemire make up a dynasty. Do, do you think that Chris Paul brings more to a team than uh, 
Steve Nash does? Absolutely. He's he can I think he can score a little more. I mean, he's still young and Steve Nash did his fair share of scoring why with all those assists, but I think he's a little more explosive as a scorer. And he's quick. I think he's quicker than Steve Nash. Well, the, it, okay. I won't necessarily disagree with you there, but the guy's been. Uh, he, he's got some issues with his knees. First of all, he's got some. He's got some health problems. I don't know that he's put up better numbers and looked better on the court than Steve Nash because he is or because he has to. Steve Nash has really always been in situations where he's had talent around him and he's been able to rely on him. Chris Chris Paul hasn't had that. Uh, don't get me wrong. He's put up great numbers over his career. But when you're talking about putting an elite point guard with Amari Stoudemire and a cast members around them that are eh, that's not a championship team. Yeah, but Melo's coming next year. Oh, yeah, well, where else is he going? I think there's like four places he's going next year. Actually, I'd be more, I'd be less surprised to see uh, Chris Paul. If Chris Paul ends up in Orlando, I, I actually think that would be a real good fit. That'd be, an, that'd be a great fit. I think the Magic would be right back. I'd say they'd be level with everyone else, including the Lakers. In in uh, interesting note uh, from Brian Winhurst from the Cleveland Plain Dealer, he actually acknowledged uh, from LeBron's camp that LeBron actually did uh, suggest that Chris Paul demand a trade, and uh, LeBron's comments on Twitter kind of backed that up. But uh, one of the things that it also said was that LeBron actually told him to demand a trade, give him your list of teams, and he told him to ask for a Western Conference team because he doesn't want him coming to the Eastern Conference. To me, to me, that plays right into the whole LeBron doesn't have any killer instinct. Why wouldn't you want him there? Why wouldn't you want that level of competition to bring up your play? That's beside the point, but I, I still think it's kind of funny that LeBron is the guy who talks him into doing it, and he puts he does it, puts this list together, and every single team on the list, except for I think one was yeah Dallas was on the uh, was on the it was in the Eastern Conference. I think that's kind of backfire. Yeah, it's his attempt to manipulate Chris Paul. I think there's going to be a lot of friendships that are are broken up over over time here in this. Uh, in this little super new league. NBA, the Super Friends League. Uh, interestingly enough, LeBron um, LeBron posted on his Twitter feed the other night that uh, he went and saw Inception, said it was a great movie. I think uh, I think Chris Paul was at the very next showing. I'm just guessing. I think he was at the next showing. Was that before or after his Pilates? It may it may have been after the Pilates. Gotcha. I think I think it was after Pilates. So. Chris Paul's moving out. You think Orlando's the best possible destination or New York? Where do you got him going? Orlando, just because they have more more to give. I mean, New York doesn't really have too much to offer up a, a decent trade. Now, Orlando has more to give. The place I'd really like to see him is Oak City. I'd like to see him playing with Durant. Not me. No? no. You, like you like Westbrook, Westbrook that much, I, huh? I love Westbrook. He showed me a lot in the first round last year. Fair enough. I, I think it's interesting that uh, Chris Paul is better than Steve Nash in his prime, but uh, Westbrook's your your point. You, you don't want you don't want Paul. I didn't say Paul was not better. Paul is better than Westbrook, but Westbrook is what his this will be his third year. Westbrook's going to be the man. He's going to be better than Chris Paul. I think. Fair enough. I, I I respectfully disagree, but fair enough. You'll see, my friend. Will I? Yes, sir. All right. All right. 
And now on to our closing arguments section. This section is where our hosts present their closing arguments, as in a court case. It can be about anything on their mind this week. There are no rebuttals or comments allowed, and you, the listener, will vote on who presented the best closing argument. Now on to closing argument number one. Go ahead, Matt. Well, I just want to talk a little bit about what's developing as the Super Friends League, also known as the NBA. Uh, I think it's big-time trouble. First of all, if you if you look back at what the heyday of the NBA were, whichever one you choose, whichever heyday you choose, it's always been about ultra-competitive opponents playing against each other and, and, and bringing together highlight reel performances and, and just bringing everyone to their feet, getting fan bases excited. It's never been about, oh, I want to play with this guy. I want to play with that guy. It's never been a team of friends that have ever won anything other than, you know, they got to be friends after being in the locker room together. I, I, I think that the league is best served by having individual talents spread out amongst the league, around the league. And sure, maybe you've got a friend here or there that used to be on your roster, but my goodness, if you tell me that Bill Lambeer was going to team up with Charles Oakley back in the day, no way it happens because those guys just had such a high level of competitiveness. It really, really brought out sometimes things that you didn't want to see. You know, you don't want to see Kurt Rambis body slamming people and stuff like that. But that in and of itself is a case in point that these guys' level of competitiveness did not allow them to be friends. It did not allow them to have their little meeting at Chili's, sharing an appetizer, talking about what team they're going to play for next year. I think the fact that we've gotten to that point and we've got all these players uh, colluding, uh, dare I say it, to, to go to the same team, play on the same roster, and build a dynasty, I think it's absolutely ridiculous and definitely bad for the league. And now, John... What's your take on the Super Friends League? I think the Super Friends League is good for the NBA. I don't know if anyone saw the playoffs last year. There was two good series the entire playoffs, and it was it. It's been the most over the past few years. It's been the most boring thing I've ever watched. There hasn't really been too many good series. I mean, the Lakers versus Celtics was was good. A few other series here and there was good. But now you're stacking teams. Yeah, they're they are they're friends. They're going. They want to play with each other. That's supposedly taken away from their competitiveness. And what's this? I think these guys still are competitive. I mean, but they want to play each other. They want to stack their teams, try to win titles. But if more teams start doing this, yeah, you're gonna have less parity. You're gonna have less teams that are, are on the level of these big teams. But you're gonna have. And once you get to your your conference semifinals, your conference finals, you're gonna see some heavy hitting teams. I'm basically, if you look at what could be coming in the next few years, you could have the Knicks versus the Heat. The Celtics might be around still. Orlando will be around. You have the Lakers, Oklahoma City. I mean, depending on where you build these teams up, you're gonna have maybe seven or eight super teams, as we would call it. But I think that's a good thing because. Now you're going to see the best players in the league playing each other instead of being stuck in a, on bad teams. You're going to have exciting matchup series in the playoffs instead of pretty much snoozing through the entire playoffs until you hopefully get a, a good finals. And I mean, the Celtics versus Lakers has been the best finals since, I, I, I believe, in pretty much all the entire 2000s. It's been the best finals matchup I've seen. So I want to see 
super teams. I want to see these guys matching up against each other and beating each other up. And screw the rest of the league. Well, this has been Sports on Point. To vote for your winning closing argument, send a direct tweet to our podcast at twitter.com slash sportsonpoint. And as always, send your suggestions on how we can improve to the show at feedback at sportsonpoint.com. You can also leave a voicemail message at 646-39-POINT. That's 646-397-6468. Screw the league. Yeah. See you guys later. I'm All dry. All right, guys. We'll get to you next week. <laughs> Screw the league.